The Amazing People Podcast, episode 36. Welcome to The Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Dizard. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of The Amazing People Podcast. Of course, my name is Chip Dizard, and I am glad that you are tuned in for another episode, and um, I wanted to thank uh, the people who have been leaving some reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't left a review, let me tell you, if you have a podcast or you're thinking about creating a podcast, leaving reviews or uh, sending a review for someone who just started is a great way to help them. So I have friends that have podcasts and I tend to leave reviews and um, just to help them and to encourage them. And not only it just gets uh, their podcast heard. So if you do yourself, a, do me a favor, go to chipdiz.us slash amazing podcast and you'll be able to leave a review right on iTunes. iTunes is probably uh, one of the largest podcast hosts out there. And um, I think it's good. So I want to make sure that you can leave a, a favorable review or just leave an honest review, whatever you want. And um, not only for my podcast, for any other podcast that you uh, that you listen to. So this podcast today is going to be sponsored by a, a seminar that's going on in Decatur, Georgia, about my friend Amani Channel and Monique O. Johnson. It's called the Mobile Video Academy Live, and it's going to be on the 23rd of August and 8 a.m. And I have a link right here in the show notes for that academy. And it's going to be a, a really, really good seminar. If you're thinking about learning about online video, mobile video, uh, Amani is one of the best people I know to teach that. Uh, we, we work together at webvideochefs.com, and I've just seen him transform from a mobile, uh, a, a traditional journalist when he worked for Fox in Tampa. Now he's in Atlanta and he's doing a seminar. He and uh, Monique is a great person as well to learn from. So do yourself a favor, click on our, the link in the show notes and it's mobile video Academy. And when you register, tell them the chip sent you and you heard it right here. Okay. Thanks so much. So now before we get started, we're going to hear from a, a segment that we have on this podcast from Muta Mwenya. And uh, if you know who don't know who he is, you want to make sure you go to his blog. He'll tell you what it is at the end of his segment. But this segment is near and dear toward to to me because it's called I Quit, and uh, it's not just quitting in life. It's just talking about his journey from quitting a job, and he's uh, moved into ministry and other endeavors. But you'll hear from Muta right now. Hey guys, this is Mutumwenya from Mutumwenya.com, a blog that is dedicated to unrelenting optimists who know there is a big God who can use little us to accomplish big things for His glory. On this segment, I want to share with you why I quit my job and pursued freedom. See, there are a few fundamental principles about being an unrelenting optimist, and I want to use my story to share two and a half with you. So, what's so amazing about the Amazing People podcast is that it features real people like you and I who are living what they preach. From social media strategies to networking and uh, leadership, what they talk about on this podcast is what their daily life looks like. For me, unrelenting optimism is what I live every single day. 
I'm facing challenges uh, daily and working to get things done, sometimes under seemingly insurmountable obstacles. My hope is to live a life that pursues my calling with absolute focus and determination. So, the first principle I want to share with you about being an unrelenting optimist is that unrelenting optimists pay attention to the signs. About 10 months ago, I resigned from a great job. I served as a student ministry pastor to an amazing bunch of students in an amazing church that both my wife and I were heavily active in. We thought we would be at this church for potentially our entire ministry career. However, five months before my resignation, I, a shift began to happen inside me. And I remember sitting down with my lead pastor at our annual staff retreat, sharing with him how I didn't even know if I would be there much longer. It, it was just really weird. It was an awkward feeling um, that I just knew something new was happening. This shift could happen as soon as 30 days, I told him. All around me were signs that I needed to get ready for a shift, but internally there was a fear of the unknown. Have you ever been there? Plus, things were great, and there was really no reason to leave. I was comfortable. Let me share this with you. Uh, comfort is not a bad thing, unless it's an excuse for avoiding what you need to do. Okay, the second principle about being an unrelenting optimist is that unrelenting optimists take big risks, and they pursue calling. When I knew it was time for me to uh, leave, I tendered my resignation with absolutely no fallback plan. I've got to tell you this. After I sent my letter of resignation, I sent an email to try and renege on that resignation. I was a scared mess. Even though I second-guessed myself, I fought through the self-doubt and the fears because I knew it was the right decision. You know, friends called me stupid and said I was making a huge mistake. I even lost a couple of so-called friends in the process. I'll share this as well, too. Uh, I've learned that whenever there's a major change in your life, prepare to lose some people. It's just the realities of growth. But here's the light at the end of the tunnel. After a time of prayer and fasting, as a Christian, I totally believe in the principle of prayer and fasting. The next chapter of my life was revealed. Uh, this next chapter was to gather a few friends and establish a new church affectionately called Freedom Community Church. The truth is, I never would have seen what was next. For me and my family, while I was neck deep in the work I was doing, I needed to pull away. Frankly, if I had known what was next, I probably would have never resigned. So uh, let me ask you this. What will your journey to freedom look like? You may not be called to start a new church, but you're called to something. I just want to let you know that if you keep God first, pay attention to the signs, take risks, and pursue your calling, even if it scares the mess out of you, you will be so much better for it. That's the way of the unrelenting optimist. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. I am Mutamwenya, 
or catch my latest post on mutamwenya.com. That's M-U-T-A-M-W-E-N-Y-A.com. Catch you on the next podcast. Thanks so much, Muta, for that inspiring talk. Today's guest, his name is Jeff McIntosh, and uh, he is an author, and he is a motion graphics designer. And uh, he's with churchmotiongraphics.com. And if you have not seen his site, you need to go ahead and after you listen to his podcast, go right over to his site because it's nothing short of awesome motion graphics that he has uh, there on the site. So you want to make sure you check out Jeff. But he's going to explain just how he got into church motion graphics and uh, just a media subscription. There are a lot of companies that do this. And uh, Jeff is kind of a one-man band here, but he has some free motions that he has every month that you can download uh, Download for the month. And I uh, just want to tell you about him and his story. But before we get into Jeff, I just wanted to just tell you the importance to me of motion graphics and just graphics in general. I'm not a graphics creator. I usually get templates. And nowadays, I think in churches and in ministries, and especially in life, we're bombarded by just messaging and, and pretty slick messaging. A lot of times, a lot of churches I work with, small to medium-sized churches, don't have the um, don't have a cash flow to hire a motion graphics person. And let me just tell you, you know, it can be in the thousands of dollars to to get these done. So um, people have no clue that a 30-second motion graphic uh, intro can cost $1,000 or more sometimes. You know, and um, what Jeff has done is create an affordable solution for churches and ministries on a monthly recurring basis. And that's what he does. He he does church motion graphics on a monthly basis. So he's been doing it for a while. So I not only like what he's doing. And then we also talk about just sidebar his worship media handbook, because there's not a church that I visit that does not have a um a PowerPoint or a, I won't call it PowerPoint anymore, but a screen with graphics. Uh, and when I say that, it could be uh, lyrics, it could be announcements, it could be anything. So you want to make sure that you check out the church uh, called the Worship Media Handbook. So what I'm going to do, uh, just and what Jeff has agreed to do on this podcast, is that we're going to give away a free copy of the church uh, the worship media handbook. And if you go to worshipmedia.com, but you're going to go to our site and uh, leave a comment, tell me what you think about this episode and tell me why and how you use motion graphics in your church. So you want to leave a comment is at chipdesart.com slash motion. We're going to just go chipdesart.com slash motion. And we're going to, I want you to leave a comment and we'll choose from one of those people who leave a comment uh, to get a free copy of this uh, church uh, worship media handbook. It's valued at about $20 book. It's a really good book. I bought it for myself. So that's just telling you that. So without further ado, we'll go right into our interview with Jeff. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Jeff McIntosh of Church Motion Graphics. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, Jeff, I wanted to talk to you about uh, just 
motion graphics. We'll talk about your book. Um, I bought a copy of it. I just want to tell everybody it's, it's really good. Uh, my background's in video, so I have a soft spot in my heart for anybody who does motion graphics because I'm not a motion graphics designer. I don't. I know how difficult it is for a 10-second rendered video in After Effects or whatever you use motion to, to get done. How, how did you get started in motion graphics, Jeff? Sure, yeah. So I went to design school, uh, graduated in... 2002 it was in digital media design and they taught us just everything you know graphic design motion graphics 3d animation uh, we learned like director at the time and uh, web design so uh, all these different things uh, which really helped shape me as a becoming a motion graphic designer because anyone who's in the field knows you need to know illustrator and photoshop and you know, Cinema 4D and all these kind of things to pull in assets, even video editing um, into After Effects. So that's kind of what got the ball rolling. Um, you know, did a bunch of different things from there. Uh, finished my schooling in, in something completely different. But, um, you know, kind of finally found myself landed doing motion graphics full time and uh, absolutely loving it. Great, because, you know, um, I don't I, I don't even know when I got into motion graphics, but I just know they've always been around. So, I mean, pretty much you'll always have work, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, video has really risen in the last five years. Um, I remember in school I was making videos that were around 320 by 240, I think, yep. just because, hey, we had – I don't know, half a gig of RAM on our on our Macs in school. We were using uh like those zip discs, I oh, think. Oh yeah, they were I, those blue I Omega. I know exactly yeah, what you're you talking know, about. Oh yeah. Fifty meg, I, I think oh, it yeah. was. So you know, you couldn't really do what we're doing today, that's for sure. No, no, no. And then the render times for probably a, a minute of motion graphics video were just and the RAM <laughs> was just so expensive, right? Yeah, they were. I uh, yeah, I think I was doing maybe ten or twenty second videos, and it would take a few hours just to do it at that resolution. Yeah, and yeah. unless you were a big company that had a lot of resources or a studio, you could afford that kind of stuff. So, so, so yeah. costs have come down. And then, uh, tell me about how you merged into church motion graphics. Obviously, you went to a church, and maybe yeah. you did something for your church, or how, how did that start? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be part of a young adults community. Uh, with a pastor who was just, you know, gung-ho about anything media-wise. And he knew I had a background in uh, in media, digital media. Um, he loved video. He bought some equipment and said, hey, we'll get you Adobe, you know, whatever it was at the time, CS3 or something. Uh, we'll get you that. If you want to make things, we'll use them. So, you know, mid-2000s, I was making custom countdown timers and uh, sermon bumpers and openers for events. Uh, we were doing a, a weekly young adults event. So there was a lot of uh, room to make content. We had a creative team. So there was always ideas coming in and that's what got me into it. Um, I was making that stuff for my church and other churches were looking at it and saying, Hey, we could use that for a conference or can you make a animated logo uh, for our church? So slowly, turned into a business, uh, went from church media um, as a freelancer to commercial corporate work. And then uh, it wasn't until last year I went full-time with, with Church Motion Graphics. So now I, 
I, you know, I, I just make stuff for the church full time now. That's great. That's a great, great story. Yeah. And uh, for, for starting that. So your website is called churchmotiongraphics.com. And, and tell me tell me about it. How did the idea come up and how does it work? Yeah, sure. Um, it's The site's been around uh, three or four years now. And what, uh, you know, and this kind of goes back to my past story here. I was doing a lot of commercial work and my heart was still for the church and I said, you know, how can I make content for the church? And, um, but it, but it's not custom, you know, cause here I'm making all this custom stuff for the, for the commercial world and I just didn't have time to make it for the church. Um, so I started making these, you know, motion backgrounds, announcement bumpers, countdowns and saying, Hey, if I make them, uh, maybe people could just buy them as is. So I made a site and, you know, had a small collection on there and then some other uh, sites like triplewidemedia.com and Worship House Media said, hey, w- would you be interested in putting these products on our site? And I-, I didn't know much about the field at the time. I- I'd never bought church media before. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll put my collection on there of, you know, whatever it was, 30 pieces and saw that, hey, people buy this content. Um, so whatever this was, 2010, uh, four years later, I just slowly uh, started to, you know, continue to create content. Um, I'm at about 600 pieces of, of video right now, and um, it's just kind of grown from there. And then what I like about your your site, opposed to others, is that every month you have something called a mega pack. Tell me why you started doing this, opposed to just you know, putting stuff up randomly. I mean, every month you're committed to putting up a new, how many, 12, 10 graphics, 15 pieces of content. Yeah, 15 pieces of content. So, yeah, I started uh, the CMG Monthly Mega Pack two years ago uh, to this month. And, you know, I saw a lot of uh, subscriptions out there that it was just one big price and you you get full reign of their site. And, you know, in my mind, I thought there's got to be a different way than someone putting up a lot of money at once um, just because they just need a few pieces of media right now. They don't need, um, you know, a thousand pieces right right this second. So uh, the idea kind of came, I don't know if you've heard of like a jelly of the month month kind of club. I don't know if that's a, if that's a popular thing. <laughs> but, but this idea of, yeah. you know, you pay this monthly fee and then they we send you something. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, How, why can't we do that with media where – you know, you, you pay $10 a month and I'll send you a package of media that you can use that month. And then uh, the next month I'll, I'll send you a new package and your your library grows as you need it to grow. Wow. Wow. So that that's, yeah, because we're used to getting either content or on demand or just one price and you get everything or try to get everything. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, this was my way of uh, doing something different. And uh, I also didn't have a, a large uh, library at the time either. I wanted to, to move in some different directions. So I also thought, you know, if someone's going to pay a lot of money up front, um, there might be things in my collection that are missing. So I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, have someone feel like they're, they're missing something because they've put up this big price. You know, they've paid this big price. So um, it's done very well. It's, it's been very well received uh, hundreds of churches have subscribed and continue to be part of it every month. They're they're loving, uh, you know, the, the fresh new designs and the affordability of it. 
Yeah, that, that that is true. Now let's let's talk about your your book as well. And I I found you through your book, and I saw the church uh, uh, motion graphics. But tell me about why you came to write a, a ebook, a worship media handbook. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was volunteering at an event, uh, once once a month event, running you know slides and in the media, and I had uh, a friend of mine, a young young guy kind of working under me, looking over my shoulder, seeing what I was doing. And I, I was trying to teach him at a, as I was going, um, which is can be hard, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do a lot of work and you're trying to teach at the same time. Uh, you know, doing this for a few months. And then one month, I couldn't be there. And he was, he had to run the whole thing by himself. And uh, we lived uh, kind of in, in separate cities. So it wasn't very easy for me to to go you know see him throughout the month to, to help prepare him so I, I tried to do what I could but you know he he had to make the slides he had to edit them and run them and I couldn't look over his shoulder during the event to, to see what he was doing so that's where the idea came from I said what if there was one uh, handbook one book that just covered everything in detail from uh, preparing slides to editing them and then to running them on a Sunday morning or at a service, you know, non-program specific, mm. you know, uh, I thought of it as, uh, my target was if I could teach, you know, a non-designer, let's say maybe an accountant who's needs to, you know, needs to put the slides together, uh, for a service, what would I tell them and how specific would I be? And And that's what this, you know, 101 page book is all about just very detailed, specific information on, on how to make the very best slides you can. And, and you really have it. And I love one of the quotes here on um, I think it's an opening one of the opening pages, we page 13, where you talk about consistency um, and you talk about, um, you know, simply put, the more consistent your presentation becomes, the more professional it will be. And sure. I think a lot of people nowadays it's called death by PowerPoint. And, and, you know, when I first started to get a church media, everybody was excited to have a screen and a PowerPoint. Now it's coming into, you know, pro presenter, proclaim media shout this Sunday plus easy worship, you know? So, and it's so many features. Have you seen just so many features, so many people doing so many things, right. Jeff, with this soft, with different software. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and that's really the heartbeat behind the handbook is consistency and how can we be consistent in every little detail of yeah font sizes and you know the words we choose um you know the the spelling you know where we put periods and commas uh you know colors Mm -hmm. and you know images behind the text and yeah the more consistent that is uh the more trustworthy your presentation is and the more professional it looks and and a lot of people uh, like us, because we're both in this video and, and motion graphics industry, we know what a serif font is. We know what a sans serif font is. But sometimes, like when you put that in the book, I was like, man, I know all this. But then I realized when I go to churches, a lot of people don't know, especially when I'm training people. Ninety percent of people have no clue. For sure. You know? Yeah, for sure. And you have, you know, just admin workers putting together um, slides, you know, non-designers creating very visual pieces of content and you know anyone that goes to church knows what what are you looking at when you're when you're singing right you're looking at the screen 
most of the time maybe especially when you don't know the song and they're always you know they're always changing the song on us as well um that's where we're looking and i, I think this is trying to shed light on it's really important uh to make that look as, as good as possible you know every little mistake uh creates a distraction and you know takes uh takes the participant off of the worship or the singing or what's being communicated to them and if you're like me, you probably visit churches and look at their screen, look at their setup. And you're like, okay, wonder what they're using. <laughs> what font <laughs> is that? I haven't seen that font before. <laughs> you probably right. have a lot of fonts, Jeff, yep. that you really know by just yep. looking at them. It's probably right. Am I yeah, right? yeah, definitely. And and this is it's actually heightened my senses. Even writing this, you know, I I wasn't a complete expert in, in presentations before I wrote this. You know, I had ideas, and I'm a designer, and I did a lot of research to, to get the best material, but it it's heightened my sentence. You know, I see I see slight font changes in slides now. I You know, I see when things are just not completely centered uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the screen. Maybe it's up a line. Or, yeah, you talk about yeah. that. You talk about that in the book when you talk about windows and orphans. Oh, my gosh, that's a pet peeve mm-hmm. of mine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yep. and that, you know, that, yeah, that's, so that's just one word kind of hanging on a line and that's just from kind of uh sloppy presentation slide making, right? Hey, just, hey, just put in the words, um, you know, press the space bar when we're ready. And, you know, the book is talking about, Hey, it takes a lot of time to prepare a nice presentation, a nice set of s- slides. You need to look it over, um, having someone else look it over with you, you know, point out mistakes. Maybe you ca- you can't see that you're blind to. So, yeah, a lot of useful information. And in countdown timers, people are people are more I, I, I know in my church, people are more savvy uh, with because they see they see low budget things on the Internet, not made well. But then they see high quality things as well. And I remember just this past Easter, as I work at a, I was working at a church and we downloaded, I think maybe from Worship House Media, a, um, a Easter movie. And, you know, you know, those Eastern uh, announcements. So and the church is an older church, smaller church, but they weren't used to that. So when they saw that, they're like, wow. And, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, wow, this is like normal for me to see these types of movies, <laughs> you know. But for Definitely. some people, it's it's really not. Definitely. So you do countdown timers. Uh, I know you talk about worship backgrounds and then you also talk about stills. And I really I know it's not all about motion. You know, you talk about stills as well. And, sure. Um, tell me why you included that in there as well. Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a there's definitely a place for stills. I'm a I'm a motion graphic designer, but uh, to say that hey, you need something moving on the screen all the time um, would be a lie. You know, you definitely don't. And there's some environments and some and churches, probably a lot of churches even where something moving wouldn't work, um, where a still would be a lot better. You know, it could be a smaller screen, uh, could be a more traditional setting. Um, you know, I, I also s- talk about this in the book, but uh, visual energy. So let's say you have a room and you haven't done anything with it visually. You know, you haven't done anything to make it more beautiful or uh, to to include design elements. You can't just rely on something moving on your screen to carry the whole environment. You know, it'll look very out of place, but maybe something that's a still uh, would work. 
better. You know, it's it's just it's just sitting there, um, telling a story, uh, and presenting itself as a still. So yeah, definitely useful. And 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 color. So um, I, I I'm not going to go in every little detail of the book, but I just found it very very uh, just. Just before I even talking to you, I emailed you about this, just with color and for other things, for people who need to know how to enhance worship. You know, does a color meaning match the support meaning of the song? Because a lot of times we just say, hey, just throw a blue background up. And, you know, there was no thought behind it. So you're actually, and there's a quote that you have by Ralph Kaplan that says, thinking about design is, is hard, but not thinking about it can be disastrous. So... You know, you, you really, it has to enhance the worship. And I think that's what your book and uh, that's what your church motion graphic site uh, has, is really doing. And you talk about copyright, too. <laughs> Just a little bit of copyright stuff, yep, too. Yeah, which, you know, is a, kind of a gray area sometimes. People don't know what, what the law says or, mm-hmm. how, you know, how, how they can use something. So I, I did do some research, and, and uh, there's details there of of. How to how to stick with your CCLI license and um, you know meet the agreement that they've set out. Okay, great. Well, hey Jeff, tell me how people can subscribe to your media. What is your website? Sure. So churchmotiongraphics.com, Very simple. Uh, the subscription is uh, uh, the CMG monthly mega pack. You can find it on the on the website very easily. And then uh, if you're interested in, in learning more about the book, it's worshipmediahandbook.com. Great, great, great. And this has been a labor of love, and I see that you put a lot of time. And I could even see on the design of the book that was very intentional because you can't have a book about design and your design not be good, correct? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> so I know, Jeff, even though I don't know you that well, I can tell you put a lot of time and thought into the presentation and the layout. You probably yes. use InDesign or something like that, if used I'm not in mistaken. InDesign, uh, thankfully, my wife knows in design she's a, a good kind of a print designer so she good. she taught me how to lay this thing out and yeah the, the book took me about nine months to write and, and put together in my spare time you know i was doing oh. this in the evening and it took a long time and looking back I, and i look at what was created and i said how did i ever do this <laughs> yeah 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 no i know I, i'm in the process of finishing a book and i'm like oh my gosh ebook and i'm like yeah. how in the world do i do it as busy as we all are and it is it's it not is something that people ask for but something that you know you need to finish you know yeah, it's, it's important I, I had drive and and uh i don't know how i did it but it, it's there and i just knew it had to be done i knew that this would re- be a resource that many churches could use you know i, I have a subscription of of media um you know that I think a lot of churches could use that, but I see this book as any church could use it. Anyone that's putting, you know, slides and lyrics up on a screen uh, could find this very useful, uh, especially when training new people. You know, you're trying to download a bunch of information of how you do things and why you do things, um, and and this book can really uh, speed up that process of training. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time, uh, Jeff. And um, for people, I really want people to look at your book. And I think you have a free sample chapter. Is that true on your site? Do yeah, you know? there's a there's a few. Uh, not really a sample chapter, but sample pages. Pages. You can see how it looks like. You, yeah, you can read a few different sections. Um, get a real good feel. There's even you know, some point form of uh, what the major topics are in the book. Uh, it, it does cover a lot of ground in a lot of detail, if that's your thing. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's version 1.0, so I, I guess version 2.0, you will add things to it, right? I will try. Yeah, we'll see. I've been I've been trying to think of uh, even a, yeah version 2.0 or kind of a sequel book. I've I've had some response to people wanting advanced uh, visual worship, uh, that kind of thing. So oh, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna find time to write that and uh we'll see we'll We'll see see what god has in store yeah yeah well hey blessings to you and your your lovely family and you're in you're in canada so our neighbors to the north so greetings to you and and wonderful people you're in outside toronto or that's right okay great 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 well thanks for coming on so much jeff really appreciate the time thank you chip